I always thought the standing ovation was afterwards, not before. <laughs> but uh, it's lovely to be with you, Andre and Sonica and, and your team. And uh, I don't know when last time we were in East London, it must have been about 40 years ago, so it really says something about our age, isn't it? But uh, it's lovely to be with you, and it's lovely to be involved with, with Shofar. Father, we just want to say thank you for this real opportunity, Lord. We ask for, Lord, that for your presence with us, as we have really experienced here this morning, Lord, will you just continue to speak into our hearts. Father, I pray that each one of us will have an open heart to receive, Lord, what you want to say to us as individuals. Father, we pray, Lord, that your grace and your love will flow through our hearts this morning. Lord, not only to, to draw closer to, to you, Lord, but also to grow closer to each other. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, as we pray this morning, Lord, that that reconciliation will take place in our hearts. Father, that you will give us that real desire to want to reconcile. And Father, however difficult it may be to go out of our way to just to restore relationships. Father, we ask your presence now with us in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning will be The Greatest Question Ever Asked. The Greatest Question. Of course, that's my opinion. I'm sure there are great questions, but this question, I reckon, may be one of the greatest questions, and I'm not going to tell you right at the moment what it is. But what, how do you respond if somebody comes to you and says, may I ask you a question? What goes on inside you? Uh-oh. What's coming up here now? Maybe a little bit of fear comes up, or maybe there's something that somebody knows about you and they want to ask you about this happening or what happened in your life. Uh-oh. Maybe, maybe you would respond in inquisitiveness and say, well, I wonder what he's got to say or she's got to say. Yeah, you know, what, what, what's the question? Or, or, or maybe you're just out of intrigue. Or maybe you are a, a card player, poker player, and you just, said, you just say, yes. Just pan-faced. You're not giving anything away. Maybe you're gonna, you want to respond out of inquisitiveness, just to be inquisitive. Fear is one of those things that, uh, that I can, depends on who's asking the question and how they ask it. You know, some of us have got pet names, and uh, uh, Beryl calls me Sweeties. But when, she's, when she says, Derek, I need to ask you a question, <laughs> that's something different, isn't it? And so we, we respond to these things in, in different ways, and a, and a question uh, is a way that we can get information out of a person, and hopefully it's going to be truthful information. Uh, but I would like to compare a question to a command. A question is not a command. A command is really just something different. A command is more definite. A question can go anywhere. A command is saying, you do this, or I am telling you what to do now. And so we, we, I just want to look at this, this difference between the, a question and a command. 
a command, for instance, if you are in the armed forces, the navy or the army or the police and things like that, a command is, uh, is somebody telling you what to do and you don't question it. So you cannot put a question after the command. You do this. All you have to respond is, yes, sir. How high, sir? You don't ask when, why, who, you know. You don't ask questions like you just go and, and you do it. And so a, a command is something that we have to obey without question. And so uh, when, the, when you're in the armed forces, commands come with the territory. You are, you are bound to commands all the time. And so uh, it just removes any sort of element of, of free choice. But in actual fact, you can disobey that command. But in the army, if you disobey a command, you are know that there's going to be a consequence and you're going to be disciplined according to the, the, uh, the appropriate rebellion or insubordination that we would have. So, actually, in the army and the navy and this type of thing, a, a command and to obey a command is actually a very biblical thing. Because in the, if you speak, at, uh, speak uh, about the, the commands of the Word of God, He wants us to obey commands. And, uh, and so, so we see that uh, if, we, if we are not in the army or in the armed, first, armed forces, if somebody comes and commands you to do something, actually we get quite offended. And he's saying, who then are you to tell me what to do or how to do it? Am, am I speaking to the right people here? <laughs> so so we, we like the nice stuff. We, we want... We, we like the stuff that says please and thank you. I was, uh, we were in the UK just recently, and at one of our centers, we got a beautiful center in, in just south of London, and, uh, and we saw on the, on, the, on the grass, they had a sign, and, and the British have become very different to, to the South Africans, you know. If we don't want anybody to park on the, on the grass, we would have a sign up saying, Please do not park on the grass. We actually ask quite nicely. But this sign has got an extra phrase to it. It says, polite notice. Please do not park on the grass. So please is not enough. They are saying, we are asking please politely. <laughs> and I took a photograph of it. And I, I want to use it. I want to tell you. So... We like the please stuff. We like the stuff that, that's not going to offend. I don't want to be offended, and you ask me nicely so that I do not get offended. So, please, commands are out for those guys who are not in the, in, in the armed forces. But now let's try and com compare that to biblical commands. You know, the Bible is not only the Ten Commandments, but it is full of commands. Let's take one of them in the Ten Commandments. Do not steal. Now, if you do steal, what happens? 
if, you, if you're in that place where, uh, where it says, uh, don't steal, and the Bible doesn't tell us why we shouldn't steal, it just says, don't steal. But if I do steal, what can take place? Because we've done something out of, out of the, 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 the norm of Christian living, if you are a Christian or not a Christian, there is going to be a, there's going to be a consequence to your stealing. And for instance, if we take uh, the commands of the Bible, you, we have to look at them as, in, as an instruction book. God gave us commands that we will know how to live life His way. If we do not obey the command, we are going to open the door for somebody else. And we call him the enemy, we call him Satan, but we open the door for Satan to have his way. In actual fact, we move out of God's covering if we disobey a command. So obedience to that command, do not steal, is a safe place to be. And if we're in the safe place, then, then, uh, then uh, the Lord will come and He will cover us in that area and the enemy will not have anything to say or do in that area of our lives. Do you understand the principle I'm trying to get out here? And there is, if this, this stealing takes place, for instance, on a, on a, on a regular basis, and we think, okay, I can do it once, I'm, I'm not going to get caught, I'm, I've done it, I can do it again, and, and I'm, I haven't been caught. Eventually, there's going to be an exposure of our wrongdoing. God allows that exposure not to catch us out of anything, but He exposes that so that we can have an opportunity to make right. Now, if we take... <coughs> That command, do not steal. What about this command? Or is it a command? In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says to his, uh, uh, he's, he's walking around and he's meeting the different dis disciples and he, and he comes across a couple of guys fishing uh, on, and sitting in their boat. And he says to them, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, what was that? Is that a command? Is that a request? Is it an invitation? Is it a, is it a challenge? What was it? He didn't ex but he did explain why they should follow him. The exp explanation here is that he will make you them fishers of men. Now he was speaking in a language to fishermen, and he was taking the, this fishing language and he was converting that into something to do with Mankind, humans. And so, so they understood that maybe, maybe Jesus was speaking their language and maybe they were thinking, well, fishes of men, maybe uh, I, can, I can catch men and women. Now, why is they were thinking like that, I would think, is because just a little bit before that, in, uh, in John chapter 1, verse 35 on, we see that, that these guys, uh, uh, Peter and Andrew, had met Jesus before. And they probably heard him speaking. 
and they probably thought at that stage, come follow, when he says, come follow me, they probably thought, we can follow a guy like this. He speaks some sort of truth. It's not like I would come here, I'm standing here, you meet me today, and you're listening to me talking, I'll come back next Sunday, and I'll say, come follow me, and I'll take on all Andre's people and Sonica's people to another church. You're not going to follow me, are you? But there was something in Jesus' voice, something in that come follow me, which was like a command to, to, to leave what you're doing because I've got something better for you. And that's why they thought he was speaking about, about healing. He was speaking about, about uh, a relationship with God. And he wanted to teach them how to get men, mankind, to be able to, to come in closer to God. And I think that was the, the, maybe the context of, of how Jesus came across and what they were thinking. Now, uh, so this command, follow me, was it a command? So I, I wasn't sure about that, so I had to look it up. And I got a, the old, uh, sort of the new Bible uh, commentary, which says about follow me. And they say that follow me was a command to be obeyed literally and figuratively. Figuratively. And so it was very much like uh, 1 Samuel uh, 15, 20, 22 says, to obey is better than sacrifice. And so they, they went and they obeyed him. To, and they followed him. They just left the dad, they left their business, and off they went and they followed Jesus. Let's fast forward three years on. When Jesus started appearing to his disciples, and uh, I'm going to... John 21, and, and, the, and the disciples were out fishing. And Jesus was standing on the shore. He was having a fish fry. <clears throat> uh, and he asked the, the disciples when they were still coming in, have you caught anything? And the response was, no. You know, that question that he asked, have you caught anything? I would have thought that, that, uh, that he would have asked something like this. Have you, have you gone back to your old way of life? It's only been three days. And you've gone back to your old way of life already. He didn't, he didn't bring any sort of condemnation on them at all. But he did ask say to them that he spoke to them in a way that said, uh, have you caught anything? It was going back and relating to something that they were used to doing three years ago before they met Jesus. And I think he was perhaps trying to teach them a lesson by saying, I want to show you something. I want to reveal myself to you now. Throw your net on the other side. And I think maybe they, they objected, but they did it anyway, and they caught all the fish. And then they, all of a sudden their eyes opened and they said, it's the Lord. Now, it was on this, 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 uh, this occasion while, while they were on the shore and they were having this, this fish fry that Jesus asked the most important question I reckon ever asked because he asks us as well from time to time. And the question he asked was, Peter, 
and he, and he spoke directly to Peter because Peter had messed up and he denied him those three times and he asked him and he said, Peter, do you love me? Now I, will, I want to say that those words are probably the most important questions that Jesus will ever ask. You know, if I haven't said to Beryl after a day or two or three, I love you, sweeties, she will say, you haven't told me lately <laughs> that you love me. Well, okay, I, I have learned now over 50 years, it's better to say it every day than to get a question like that. I think the wives should say, listen to what he's saying. But actually, us guys also need to hear that. Do you love me? Because, you know, when you, when you have to respond to, to that type of question, it's not something from the head. It's not something that I, that I have to do, but it's something actually I want to do. I want to show Belle that I love her. I want her to feel secure in that love. And I actually, I need to hear it from her as well. I need to feel secure. And after 50 years, we are still saying, I love you. And we want to hear that, don't you? <laughs> She's so sweet. <clears throat> because Peter messed up, it does not mean to say that Jesus doesn't love him. And because we mess up sometimes, it does not mean to say that Jesus is going to reject us. He actually wants us to see that when we mess up, he still loves us. We have to come with a, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And you know what? He loves somebody that comes and repents and says sorry. And we, we found out that when we, when we do something wrong, the best way to actually make right is to say that sorry, I'm sorry. So that we can again go back to that place and say, but I, I actually do love you, but it doesn't give me the right to go and do something that's, that's wrong. So that most important question, Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked that question. Three times Jesus gave a response to, yes, Lord, I love you. And that, that response is, is important because um, this question of, do you love me, it comes in line with the, with the command, which is the greatest command Jesus was asked once. And, and the greatest command, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the next Second greatest is one like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this, this whole love of the neighbor, of family, of friends, of, of, uh, of, of loving the Lord God is a most important question. I'd just like to just to break this down a little bit. As I was preparing this, this message, the Lord was just speaking to me into my heart. And he was saying that feed my lambs, which is which Jesus 
commanded actually Peter and the disciples to do, feed my lambs. Now, what were the lambs? Why did he bring the lamb as not sheep? I, I would think, I would just felt the Lord saying that the, the lambs are the, the newer Christians. You know, they, they're, still, they're still young. We, we need to keep on feeding them. They, they need that sustenance. They need God's word to build them up in their spirit and to feed, feed them with God's word and feed them with the love. And, and then the next one was, take care of my sheep. Now, it's like the lambs are, are being fed and they're getting to that place of maturity, but actually, we all need caring. Who doesn't need caring? I'm talking about spiritually now. We need spiritual care. And you've come this morning to actually receive something that has to do with spiritual caring of ourselves and feeding our spirits. That's, we call it pastoral care. But actually, this is for all of us. You are the ones that go out into the marketplace. You take what you receive, the caring that you have, the nurture that you receive, you take it into the marketplace. And for those who don't even know Jesus, you are that light. We're all the light to the Lord. And then the one, then he goes on and he says, when he says feed my sheep, which is the, the third response. It was like a, I, I just felt the Lord saying, this is for the more mature Christians, the guys that have come a long way now because he's, remember they, they'd been with Jesus now for, for three years and he, was, and he was still caring for them, he was still loving them, but this job had to now, they had to take over from him caring for them, from them caring for the people and for, for other new Christians. So this feed my sheep, take care of my sheep, is that an instruction or is it a command? Well, it's like from a question, do you love me? He brings this whole question into the command of go and feed. Go and care. And now we've seen the church that are really caring for their people are the churches that are, are really growing. And where the people are not holding on to the pastor for all their feeding, they're actually helping others. You heard what, is, what, what Pastor Andre said this morning, is that when we go out and we give, it's more blessed to give. And so when we give of our own uh, the things that we've received and we give it away to others, you know, I can help you. Let me help you with this. Let me, let me uh, give of my own service. It's not always about money. It's about service. It's about this caring part. What God wants, that which he's given us, and we receive it here on Sunday and perhaps in cell groups and whatever, we take that out into the world. God wants us to, to go out and to touch the world with his love. I... Um, when Pastor Andres said that we were, we were pastors and, and uh, we felt, felt God was calling us to be more uh, involved with this type of ministry, uh, ministering to people, the brokenhearted, the, 
there, the people that were going through tough time. And that was, that was more burial in my heart rather than to have a congregation. And we, so we started looking around because we had another ministry called Telefriend and we, we were touching so many broken people, thousands of, of broken people just over the telephones. But we found that we could only go to a certain level. We actually needed a bit more to go deeper and to help people with their, more of their, their brokenness. And so we were looking for a ministry, and, 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 and the Lord led us to, to LR Ministries, and they, actually the founder of this ministry came over to, to, to Hatfield, and we, uh, we, met, we met him, and when we spoke to him, it was like, there was a connection, it was like, this is, this is it. This is what God is calling us to do. And so, uh, so we, were, we went over to the UK uh, to see what they were doing, and, uh, and we, were, we met up with Peter and Fiona, at uh, L.R. Grange, that's in the north of England, just close to Lancaster. That's where the ministry started. And, and we were there, and we met with them, and we, we just connected with them. It was like there was this, you know when you're connecting with somebody, we are like-minded. It was just everything was so amazing. But before, before that, that morning, we were at breakfast, and we were sitting at a table, uh, and there was a, a guy teaching there, uh, called Harold Dewberry, a doctor, and he was teaching at uh, at LR Ministries there, and on on how to bring healing, and he was talking from a more of a medical point of view, bringing the spiritual into the or the medical into the spiritual, whichever you want to see it, and and but he was talking over our head, but he gave us a book, which was and the na- the book of the name of the book was Feed My Lambs, Feed My Sheep, <clears throat> and so after speaking to Peter spent two, three hours with them, and we went to the room, and we just saying, Lord, what are you saying? What are you telling us? Do we, do we have to resign as pastors and, and come and be part of this ministry? And, uh, and really, it was one of those, those God moments where we were just saying, Lord, what do we do? And Beryl was lying on the bed, and I was sitting uh, sort of under the window, so they got these big sachet windows with you, those wooden ones that you slide up, old building, beautiful. And, uh, and while we were lying there, excuse me, uh, we heard a noise. And this noise was of sheep, we could hear it was sheep, but they were making such a racket. So we stood up and looked out of the window, and there about... 50 yards or so from 50 meters from, the, from the, the, uh, our window, there was a, uh, a fence and there's a farm right next to it. And these about 70 sheep had come to the, to the fence and they were bleating, but loudly. And they were looking at us, up at us. Everyone was meh, 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 meh. I'll tell you, it was, and we had this book, Feed My Sheep, Feed My Lambs. Yeah. Now, at least we just came down on us, and, and we, we knew God was speaking through the sheep. Now, it is a, at a time like this where you know God is saying something to you. Is it an invitation? Is it a command? And we knew that God was commanding us. If we did not follow through. And I'm sure our lives would have been quite a lot different to what it is now. 
you know, and it's, it's uh, 17 years that we, we've been following the Lord in this, in this ministry. And God was saying, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Yes, Lord, we in, we've been pastors for 12 years. Haven't we been doing that? And he just said to us, not in the way that I would like you to do it. And it's that command and that obedience to when God speaks. But you see, it's not only obedience to what God speaks, it's, it's obedience to the Word of God. If the Word says don't do that, don't do it. Because with obedience comes blessing. With disobedience, we don't know. Anything, anything can really, really happen. Now the point here is, every time that we are confronted with sin, we are going to be asked the question, do you love me? John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, you will obey, obey what I command. Every time we want to be tempted to do something, God's going to ask a question. He, you may not hear the voice. You may not have these flashes and bangs. But something inside will ask us, are you going to obey my command now? If you obey, if you want to obey, then switch off your computer and don't go back onto the pornography. If you want to obey now, don't go back onto the drugs. Don't go back onto the alcohol. Don't stop the lying. Stop the gambling. Stop the old way of life. Renew your mind. Come and be fed. Come and receive my word, which will change you. Come follow me. And you see, there's no condemnation. It is really a choice from your will. Now, I want to say this to you. At the moment that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I, none of us, I don't think, could have said, I love Jesus. I didn't love him. I mean, I hardly knew the person. I've heard a, a couple of messages, and all the messages I've heard is that we need to be born again. And so we, we need to be born again, and so that we, our spirit can be made new, that we can start relating to the fa Father God. <coughs> so we can start relating to Him in a, in a way that's going to change our lives. Love for Jesus only came afterwards. When I started to realize <clears throat> all that Jesus has done for me in my, in my life, man, I fell in love with Jesus like, 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 like I love sweets. You know, I loved sweets before I loved Jesus. <laughs> but
But you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we, we say, I didn't love him then, but now I love him. But now, because I love him, I need to obey that command. And the command that he gives us in the word is to follow him. The problem now is that we have so much of the church around the world that, that is moving away from the love of God. And again, saying, well, you know, uh, that stuff that we 15, 20 years ago, which was is good, it, a lot of the church is now bad. And what was bad 15, 20 years ago is now good. And we, say, we just say, Lord, help me. I want to follow your word. I want to get back into that place where I can be what you've called me to be. Father, you haven't changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He has not changed. I've changed. And so the question would be, do you really love me? Will you really stop following the world and what the world's got to offer? Or are you going to follow me where I can give you a better life? Is the world going to come against you? Yes. Just like the world has come against Jesus and they crucified him. Are they going to crucify us because of what we believe? Yes. Even, even if they did crucify it, it's still going to be a lot better following Jesus than following what the world says. He will ask the questions to the Christians for obedience. But to those that have been resisting the Lord Jesus, I think Jesus would say that uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus is the only way. He is the only way we can get to the Father. And that, that is truth. Now, the other, other religions don't like us talking about that, but there is no other way. That's what God has told us. And so the question is, the question of do you love me is probably the most important question that we'll ever have to answer. Do we really love him? 